Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie Lambert. And I'm Sarah Dowdy. And Sarah and I are both getting really excited about Christmas and talking about our favorite traditions. Every year I take my grandmother to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, and that's like the thing that really feels like Christmas to yeah. me. For me, it's picking out a Christmas tree and decorating it and getting out all the old family ornaments. They each have their own story, and that's probably my favorite part of Christmas. But if you're looking for a different way to celebrate this year, we'd like to introduce you to Saturnalia. It's a pretty awesome Roman festival. As far as Christmas goes, it's pretty easy to imagine it as this one long tradition that just goes, you know, all the way back to the birth of Christ. But that's not really how it happens. Yeah, you'd think you have the nativity and then the December 25th date and the gift giving from the three kings or wise men. But yeah, that's that's not quite how it works. The history of Christmas actually predates the birth of Christ. It sounds like there's a little bit of a mystery there, Sarah. (laughs) Well, so we have winter solstice celebrations going on from a very long time ago. Early Europeans um, celebrated the literal rebirth of the sun as the days started to get longer. And they would do things that sound kind of Christmassy, like feast on livestock that couldn't be cut through the winter. And the German pagans, of course, had Odin, the scary god who flew through the night, cursing some and blessing others. So like a really horrible version of Santa Claus. Bad Santa Claus, yeah. Yeah. And then the Norse celebrate Yuletide, which uh, at its simplest is burning a giant Yule log uh, for about a month or so until it turns to ash. But that's not as good as Saturnalia. No. <laughs> we're we're going to learn about why. And the early 4th century Christians thought so, too. They needed a good December holiday of their own. So they chose a date that was near the festival of Saturnalia, December 25th, which was also the birth date of the god Mithra. And at the time, the religion of Mithraism was a big competitor for Christianity. Which is funny, because the cult of Mithras is celebrating the birth of their infant god of light. On the 25th. So again, it's a good way to absorb a pagan holiday and make it into something more Christian. But yeah, so the the early Christians start celebrating the Feast of the Nativity on December 25th, and that's right around Saturnalia, and therefore it picks up a lot of the raucous um, traits of the Roman festival, so much so that a lot of Christians think it's blasphemous to be so crazy in while celebrating Christ's birthday. Oh, right. In the Middle Ages, Christians would go to church, and then they would party like it was Mardi Gras after that for days and days and days and pick a a lord of misrule, a beggar or a student, and poor people would show up at rich houses and demand good food, and it was just a complete mess. Yeah, so we have Oliver Cromwell canceling Christmas when he seizes control of, of England. The soldiers even patrolled the street looking for people cooking meat to celebrate. And the Puritans in um, New England ban it, too. It's not celebrated in Boston from 1659 to 1681. So that's a pretty boring stretch of winters there in Boston. It finally gets a little tamer, more like what we know today, by the late 18th century. And that's where we pick up all those Victorian traditions, which are sort of the staple of most of our Christmas celebrations today. Right. But let's pretend for just a second that Saturnalia won out over Christmas. 
And what would it be like? So the basics of Saturnalia, it's on the winter solstice, like we said, and it's to honor the god of the harvest, Saturn. Saturnalia was usually held December 17th to 24th, although originally it was just one day, right? Yeah, and, and then it was extended to a week, and then I think Augustus tried to cut it down to three days because he didn't like the courts being closed. People people didn't go for that, though. Right, Caligula brought it back to five, but everyone pretty much did what they wanted for a week anyways. So what was Saturnalia all about, though? I mean, who was Saturn, and why did he need to be celebrated with this feast of merriment? Well, he, of course, ruled during the golden age of man, when everything was wonderful and the lions lay down with the lambs. Yeah, in Greek mythology, he's Cronus, and you might know him <laughs> from the rather disturbing Goya painting, where you have this ravenous god eating his children, uh, because Saturn did just that. He believed that one of his children would eventually overthrow him. So to compensate for that, he ate most of them. Except his wife sneaks away one, Jupiter or Zeus, um, who eventually does overthrow him. But we let that slide during Saturnalia, the creepy child eating, and focus on that golden age of man. Right. And this was a holy day, but it was also this you know, week of feasting and merrymaking, and it was everybody's favorite holiday. Catullus said it was the best of days, and Sarah and I have decided through our research that there is no party like a Saturnalia party. And to prove it, we have a quote from Lucian. So Lucian said of Saturnalia, During my week, the serious is barred, no business allowed, drinking noise and games and dice, appointed of kings and feasting of slaves, singing naked, clapping of frenzied hands, an occasional ducking of corked faces in icy water. Such are the functions over which I preside. I would like to preside over the clapping of frenzied hands. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I don't know about the ducking of corked faces in icy water. No, I want no part of that. <laughs> but the nice thing about Saturnalia for us would be that businesses were closed, schools were closed, courts were closed, and you absolutely were not allowed to start any battles or any wars. You were just going to have to put it off for a week. Seneca kind of complaining said the whole mob has let itself go in pleasures. And that's basically what Saturnalia was. It was also to celebrate the golden age of man when men were equal. There was also upending of social position. Right. Everything was topsy-turvy. Slaves didn't have to work. They could wear their master's clothing. People Play were allowed dice. To, right. You were allowed to gamble in public, which normally was considered a no-no. Children could command adults. And interestingly, Juvenalia, which was a feast in honor of Rome's children, was nearby, held around the same time. And oh. you were allowed to wear your synthesis to dinner instead of your toga, which we think sounds very nice. It was much less formal and a bit flimsier in material. And which, colorful. Right. In December, I don't know about that. You could also pull out your pileus, which was a felt cap that normally freed slaves wore. But to celebrate and recognize the freedom of Saturnalia, everybody could wear their special felt cap. Oh, and I love this part, too. You could pick a lord of misrule. So once you had your lord of misrule, he could command people to do pretty much anything he wanted them to, and you all had to obey. But, of course, like Christmas, there was a sometimes burden of presents that you had to get for everybody. Usually they were wax candles, uh, which signified the return of light after the solstice, or sometimes these little earthenware figures or faces, but... You you had to spend a lot for certain people. Right. One under Chloe Red was saying it would be about a tenth of your income. So start saving, Sarah. If you weren't giving candles or 
like earthenware figurines to your friends. You could give them jars of plums or um, what else? Silverware, perhaps, or um, Cilician socks from the beard of the fetid goat, which oh, is from that's on my list. It's from a really hilarious Economist article on Saturnalia, if you can find it. And even if you're not singing "Oh Holy Night" at Saturnalia, you could have a chant, like perhaps "Yo Saturnalia." Yo Saturnalia, which I think is our new holiday greeting. People are going to hear us yelling that around no the office. No one's understand at our office <laughs> Christmas party. Just you wait. Speaking of office parties, I loved this account from Olus Gellius, I think that is how his name is pronounced, and his Roman friends who would gather in the Athens baths and quiz each other on the ancient poets. And if you didn't get it right, the crown of laurel was dedicated to Saturn. It reminded me of our holiday office party last year where we had a quiz game. Oh, right. Candace, actually, our former Stuff You Missed in History class co-host was really fantastic at dead or alive. Yeah, and enthusiastic about it. Very enthusiastic. <laughs> and a lot of our favorite information about Saturnalia comes from Macrobius's work, The Saturnalia, which is supposed to be an account of discussions in private houses the day before and on the days of the festival. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Katie and I need to start getting ready for our Saturnalia celebration. I have to go find my synthesis. Yeah, you, you want to look good for Saturnalia. So to all of our listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, and Happy Saturnalia. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about Christmas or the history of Christmas, you should check out How Christmas Works, written by me, um, on our homepage at www.howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the Stuff You Missed in History Class blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. 